It's a real pleasure to invite Philip to come and speak now. Philip, I've known... I first saw Philip as a student um, when he was the mission secretary for the Christian Union, Bristol Christian Union, promoted this extraordinary um, kind of thing where he kind of set up this kind of debate about Jesus which was with a £1,000 prize. And anyway, he was very... First time I saw Philip, he was in tears because he was so moved for the students in our university. And it's been a real pleasure to be a colleague for, with Philip for many years now. And Philip leads Woodlands Metro. So he's not normally here. He's normally elsewhere down at the Cathedral School on a Sunday morning. But Philip is also the inspiration architect of Love Running. So it's a little bit different today. We're taking some time out from our regular preaching series to, to go a deep dive into something called Love Running. And, and you know, some of people look at church like us, they say they're so heavily minded, they're no earthly use. You know, it's all mystical and lovey-dovey singing and clapping, and, but what use are you? And, and Philip just wants to help inspire us a little bit about how we can be really practical with the love that we feel in our hearts. So uh, welcome, Philip. Thanks, Dave. Good to be with you this morning. Um, thanks for the introduction. Uh, yeah, student, just a few years ago. Um, we're talking about love running. So here is a little thing. Some of you will have no idea what love running is. You're intrigued and uh, you're open. Others of you absolutely know what love running is. And you're thinking, oh, why, oh, why did I come this morning? Um, wherever you are, probably the best way that we can introduce love running is to show you a video. So in just a moment, we've got a little two-minute video which gives a little bit of a promo uh, on what Love Running is. And it's, it includes um, footage from Love Running over the years. We started Love Running in 2009. We've run it basically every other year since until we hit pandemic where everything went underground. There was no running in Bristol and then things got changed. Um, but it's now back on the menu after five years of not happening. So uh, we'll show the video and then we'll talk a little bit about what this is all about. So as Dave says, this is a little bit of an unusual one. This is um, a, an opportunity for us to take a step back from the normal rhythm and to look specifically about something really practical and um, active that we can do as a church together and engage our friends. So watch the video. After the video is finished, big round of applause, and then I'll come back and explain what it's all about. As an experience, there's just nothing quite like love running. <laughs> Being with so many people with your red love running t-shirt on. There were just people everywhere. The buzz was incredible. <laughs> And you just get caught up in the occasion. I, I, I think it's worth all the training just for the day itself. Come on, Love Running! Love Running brings together hundreds of ordinary people to run the Bristol 10K and do something extraordinary. It is so much fun and you will surprise yourself how much you enjoy running. The fact that there is a bit of suffering involved, that you have to push yourself a little bit, I think it can help you empathise with people who's, who are being pushed in all kinds of ways. Half of the money we raise goes to meet local Bristol need. The other half to support the work of IJM, the largest anti-slavery organisation in the world. We have the opportunity to move from being very self-absorbed and do something really positive for people who are far worse off than we are. 
It's a win-win. You get fit, you meet great people, and it's for an amazing cause. It's the causes that we're raising money for are things that any person of goodwill would want to support. We want to say to the homeless, the vulnerable, the trafficked, you are not alone. You are not forgotten. Our love is running to you. Okay, put your hand up if you saw yourself or someone you recognize in that video running. That's amazing. Um, for me, watching that video is emotional. It's emotional because it touches on the causes that we're raising money for. Half, as I said, to local Bristol need, the homeless, food security, uh, women caught in the sex trade, the most marginalized of society. But another half is going to a kind of global injustice social action initiative, as Dave has mentioned, IJM. And so it's emotional from that point of view. But it's also emotional for me because we see people who are running in that video who are no longer with us. People who've gone on to glory. Uh, while they were here, they did something and they're no longer here. I also see people in that video running who are no longer able to run. They're still with us, but physically they've, they've deteriorated to the point where they find it difficult to walk, never mind run. But it's a wonderful example of the body of Christ gathering together to do something which is dramatic and active and changes lives. One of the things that I say with love running is that it's not about the running. Everyone say, it's not about the running. It's not about a bunch of people who love running. That's not what it's about. The emphasis is not on the running. It's not about the running. It's about the love. The love that God has put in our hearts. Love is something that defines us as the people of God. Love is the very heart of the Christian message. If you're here this morning and you're not sure about faith or you're watching online and you feel a little bit on the outside looking in, if you've got questions about church, if you've got uncertainties about what this whole organized religion thing is all about, you just need to know that at the very heart of it, it is all about love. Nothing more, nothing less. It's that we've been loved by God, that we've experienced the love of God. As Jane was leading us in the worship, just quoting from 1 John chapter 4, uh, this is how we know what love is. God has loved us. You know, we love because he first loved us. And I want to just home in on that before we talk about what Love Running is all about and how you can get involved and, and what it might look like. For some of you, this is going to be an amazing thing. You're going to do something you've never done before. You're going to attempt something you'd never thought that you would do. You're going to engage with something that you had previously just counted yourself out. This is not for me. This is not the kind of thing that I can do. I'm not that kind of person. And we're going to get onto that, but I really want to just look at the biblical reason why we do this. It's all about love. And so we're going to go back to that letter that John wrote to the early church, one of the latest letters, one of the final additions to the scriptural canon. 
And instead of saying, right, we're writing to a church that's now decades old, and so we need to put in a bunch of rules and regulations, or church practice, or even deep theology, it is the most simple book. Love, 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 love. So 1 John chapter 3 says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is the very definition of love. Not that God said, I love you, and sent down a little Valentine's card fluttering from heaven. Not that God just affirmed us, but love, if it is true divine love, always has to be enacted. It always has to give of itself. This is how we know what love is. It's greater, bigger, more expansive, more changing than any other love that we can have. Love divine, all loves excelling. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And you hear those words and you think that is so wonderful. I am affirmed, I am loved, I am cared for. And again, if you are on the outside looking in or you're thinking about faith or you're kind of coming back into faith, you just need to know that you are loved and that's all that you need to know. But it then doesn't stop there. It would be so much easier if it stopped there. But John carries on and he says this. And we, as a result, ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. He carries on. He says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? What started off as a, 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 a warm, encouraging, affirming truth, which it is, actually doesn't stay there. If I have truly experienced the love of God, if I've truly known that, if I, my life has been impacted by the love of God, then it has to go out from me to others. If Jesus has laid down his life for us, he says, we should lay down our lives for one another. Because if you see someone and they're in material need and you have something, if you see someone and they're marginalized or vulnerable, if you see someone and they're oppressed and you don't do anything, if you have no pity on them, then the love of Christ, well, how can that possibly be in you? You can't have experienced it because the love that God pours into our lives always wants to find a way out to the, the lost and the last and the least. But here's the thing, that scripture that we have, it's the New International Version translated, uh, if you don't have pity. But for me, this doesn't really do justice to the passion and power of John's words. Because John uses a kind of idiomatic Jewish expression. It's a Jewish man. And he has Jewish figure of speech and Jewish mentality and Jewish way of putting things. And actually, the King James Version with all its these and vows, actually does a better job of just literally translating what John says. And it's, it's a little bit offensive, and it's a little bit disconcerting. But we're going to read it anyway. You ready? Okay, this is the uh, King James Version. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and altogether now shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? What on earth is this? Is this some kind of ancient English way of speaking? No, it's, it's a direct translation of the expression that John uses. Because John, as I said, he's a Jewish man. And he literally says, if you shut your bowels, 
to someone in need. How can the love of God be in you? To understand that, we have to get into the Jewish mindset. And the Jewish mindset was this, that everything was 18 inches lower down. When we think about thinking, we think with our heads. We think with our minds. We, we think with what's up here. But in Jewish mentality, you think not with your mind. You think primarily with your heart, your moral center. As a person thinks with his heart, so they are. And you don't feel the biggest, strongest emotion with your heart like we would represent things with the heart. You feel it in your gut. That's the bowels of compassion. The Greek word is used is splanknon. Everyone say splanknon. It's where we get the English word spleen. And it means that what we're talking about is literally a visceral feeling. You know, you feel something so deeply in the pit of your stomach. It makes sense when you fall in love. You're, you feel it down here, right? I seem to remember. It's the, the butterflies that are in your stomach and you can't eat and you're, you're kind of, you're, you're, your gut is just wrenched. But also when you have to do something that requires great bravery or courage, you'd say, that person, what you did, it really took guts. You feel it in here. It's a gut feeling. It's a gut reaction. It's something at the very core of your being. And to the Jewish mindset was everything. It's the very center of my being. And their way of expressing the strongest possible emotion was it's a gut level thing. It's a, in fact, that word splanknon for spleen, the bowels, the word that scripture uses more often is not the, the noun, it's the verb. And that's splanknizomai, which means a wrenching of the gut. It means a gut-wrenching experience. And it's a word that is only ever used of the divine. It's used of Jesus a lot of times. You see Jesus in Scripture. When he sees someone that is in need, who is broken, who is sick, the leper, the blind. The Gospel writers would say Jesus was moved with compassion. Literally, Jesus' gut was wrenched for that person. When Jesus talks about the way that he looks upon the crowds, they're harassed and they're helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The Bible says he had compassion on them. His gut was wrenched. It's like this visceral, deep-seated core of emotion from the very center of your being. And John says we have that because we're created in the divine image. But if you see someone and they're in need, it's actually possible for you to just shut that down. Again, the idiomatic expression is to just slam the door, to close the door. So a better expression for the English would be if anyone sees someone that is in need and just closes the door of their heart, then the love of God is not in them. What it means is that words are not enough. Emotion is not enough. A love that opens the door to compassion, that opens up my heart, that exposes me, makes me vulnerable, always leads to something. Which is why John then goes on, 1 John 3 verse 18, he says this. So dear children, let us not love with words or speech. Words and speech are fine, but let them not be the only thing that we express our love with, but with actions and in truth. For those of us that know the love of Jesus... It comes and it changes our lives. And although we don't have everything together and we, we have our own issues, we have our own challenges, that love, if it is truly in us, 
it will move us to compassion. And compassion, that gut level feeling is so strong. It always has to be expressed and outworked with action. Mother Teresa, she made this wonderful quote. She said this, let us not be satisfied with just giving money. Money is not enough. Money can be got, but they need your hearts to love them. Mother Teresa says, yes, we are in the rich part of the world. Relatively speaking, even though we have our own challenges, compared with billions around planet Earth today, we're doing okay. And we could just give money, we could just give a check. And that is a wonderful thing, it's a beautiful thing, it's a powerful thing. But actually there's something more. And when we started Love Running, we had this kind of feeling that we would like as a church to demonstrate the love of God. A love that's not just with words or speech, but a love that comes with action. And there's a truth about that. It's a love that you can see. It's a love with legs, a love that runs, a love that runs to the poor, a love that runs to the needy, a love that runs to the oppressed, a love that lays down its life, a love that says, let me put myself in a place of inconvenience and discomfort, A love that says, let me give of myself, not merely of my wallet. We had this idea back in 2009. We we thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could do something that would raise money? Because actually, for some of you, if you say to your friends, your kids, your neighbours, your colleagues, I'm going to run the Bristol 10K, they're just going to give good money to see that. Because you're not the kind of person that would normally do that. We said, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could do this thing and put ourselves out there and as the church go into action and move out and run through the streets of our city. And when we get worn out and puffed out and tired out, we would walk a little bit and then run if we could carry on. But wouldn't it be good if we could do something physical and visible and tangible for our culture, for our city, for those that look upon the church as an irrelevance Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could go out there and the love of God that so consumes us, that has redeemed us, that has picked us up and put us on our feet again, that love had legs. We first started talking about it as a church and actually plenty of people that were at the centre of church were sceptical. Is this really something that we can do? Is this really something that we should be doing as church? But the more we talked to people about it, the more people said, oh, oh, this is, this is good. My friends would get behind this. I could invite my colleagues. We don't want to just do this. We want to invite our friends to do it with us. And so we had this very simple vision. Could we get 50 people? In the end, we had 300 for that first love running in 2009. Put your hands up if you were in the first 2009. Johnny, Dave, Brad and Hazel. Amazing. We were 300, we raised 72,000 pounds. Then uh, at the end of it, all the media attention, we were in the, 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 the kind of the, the newspapers. It was newspapers in those days. Uh, we hadn't had modern technology. It wasn't a WhatsApp. Uh, but the newspapers, it was big news. And other churches gathered around and said, hey, this is so good. This is so powerful. Can we be involved too? And so the next year it was 600 runners, 140,000 uh, pounds. And to date, we've done it six times. We've raised around £800,000. And we've seen it transform situations all over the world, as well as in our city, 
today. And so after a five-year gap, because the race wasn't happening, we're back again. Last week, I was in St. Nick's, and uh, they've all signed up for it. All the clergy are doing it, and their families are doing it. And it's just a wonderful experience, because what it does is it shows the body of Christ at large. This wonderful community that we have that's normally confined within these four walls, people outside, they get to see it in the most visible way. When we run with those red t-shirts, we are by far the biggest party in town. First year that we did it, there was just all these love runners. And at the end, one guy comes up and he finds a group of love runners. And he says to them, listen, I... I have to know. Tell me, who are you? I mean, you're unlike any running club I've ever seen before. You're old and you're young. You're black and you're white. You're fit. And some of you are very much not so. (laughs) He said, I've been overtaken by a lot of you, but most of you I've overtaken myself. But there's something that happens and there's this energy between you and there just seems this this spark and you're high-fiving one another and you're encouraging one another and you're smiling at one another and there just seems so much life and so much goodness and I I just want to be part of this running club. Please tell me who you are. Who is this club? The person responds, it's not a club. It's the church of Jesus Christ and you'd be more than welcome to come and join us. And he said, oh, nuts. I hate church. I hate Christians. Small-minded, judgmental, boring. Oh, no, don't say it's the church. Yes, it's the church. This is the love of God. This is love with legs. This is love that gets fit, gets friends, and changes the world. Do you know that young man... Do you know where he was a few hours later, Sunday evening, after the race Sunday morning? He was sitting right there on the middle by the aisle. And over the next few weeks, I had the joy of baptizing him, seeing him meet his wife, marrying them, seeing him become a leader in the church. Why? Because love ran to where he was. We have seen this thing change so many lives. When we say get fit, get friends, change the world, we literally mean it. First of all, you get fit. You will say to yourself, I couldn't do this. I don't have the ability. I'm not a runner. I wasn't built like that. I don't even like lycra. But actually, you find that you begin to give yourself to a process. We say, here's a training plan. Now, we have a a launch seminar in February, February the 17th, where we, we, we kind of launch the whole thing, do some stuff, give you some help. We'll run running clubs as we go through it. Um, we will take you hand by hand. But the, the simple running plan, day one of the running plan, can you run for one minute? You think, okay, I'll give it my best shot. You get through one minute. Next part of the plan, walk one minute. And then run one minute, and then walk one minute. Repeat that so that you've run for five minutes. That's it. Well done. You're good. Day two, have a break. You've earned it. If you start at that point, we can get you in 10 weeks or 12 weeks, we can get you through the 10K. You're not going to break any records, but you'll find that you do something that you didn't think that you could do. You suddenly find that you're breathing deeper. You're sleeping better. You are walking better. 
taller. You're eating more healthy because there's a kind of knock-on effect. But then as we give ourselves to the love for whether that's the trafficked, the sex trafficked. Do you know, we have 50 million people in the world today who experience human trafficking and slavery, forced labor. Two-thirds of the proceeds of the $150 billion that are made off the backs of slaves every year, two-thirds are for those that are sexually exploited. Out of the 50 million slaves, 12 million are children. We hear these things, and there's a part of us that just says, it's too much, it's too much, I can't take it. We want to shut our heart. We want to close the gut. But John says, no, it's that love that Jesus has that allows us to open up the heart and says, I will go and I will reach out and I will touch. And so we give ourselves. We get fit. We get friends. We do this together. One of my dearest, closest friends is someone that I knew as a passing acquaintance, 2009. And I said, hey, would you like to do love running with me? I would love to do that. Wouldn't come to church, wouldn't come to any Christian things, wouldn't come to Alpha. Love running, oh, I'm there. And our friendship blossomed out of that. And we still run together, 15 years on, every single week together. Because somehow we're able to just go deeper in friendship, where, you know, particularly for guys, we don't like to talk to one another, but we do want to walk shoulder to shoulder. And running's great for that. But we're changing the world. And so what I want to do is I want to invite you. I don't see any reason why we can't all think about this. I know very well that there are some of you and you just, you literally can't do it. Maybe logistically, maybe physically, maybe it's a stage of life and and that's fine. I don't want anyone to feel under pressure. We'll all do this together somehow by hook or by crook. We'll support one another. We'll give to one another. Maybe some of you can help with the administration. But there are some of us and we think actually, Why not? Why should I not do this? Or at least take a little step. And so today is the baby step. Today is the day where we say, I'm just going to register my interest. I'm not committing anything. I'm not signing on the dotted line. I'm just going to go and say, I'm interested in finding out a little bit more and I'll see how it goes from there. But it is something that I believe we could do that would be so wonderful, that makes such a huge impact in the world, and we can do it together. And some of you, you're going to find yourself doing things that you've never done before, and you're going to find your heart opened in ways that it's never opened before. And what we're doing is we are literally running in our Father's footsteps. My favorite example of that word, splanchnizomai, the, the wrenching of the gut, that visceral, bone deep emotion, it's in the story of the prodigal son. It talks about a young boy who is lost, like Dave said earlier, who's broken, who's messed up, and who wants another chance. And he comes walking back to his father, just hoping for the bare minimum. But the Bible says when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and gut-wrenching emotion, had compassion. He was moved with compassion. And what did he do? He said, welcome home, son. Actually, more than that, more than words, and speech, actions, and in truth, he ran. He ran in a culture where the old and the dignified don't run. He ran as the very person that I'm not the person that should be running. But he didn't care because it was not about the running. It's not about the running. 
It was about love. One of the greatest times of my life, and I'll finish with this, was walking into a little house of a community leader in a village in Zimbabwe, deep in the bush, a village that had known tremendous poverty, but with our partner's world vision, we had put several tens of thousands through love running into that community. And we came. I was there, I was there with my daughter, Zoe. She was 13 at the time. We had a little folder, and we'd printed out pictures of the love runners. And we said, you don't know these people. You'll never meet these people. But this money that's come, it's not just money. This is an expression of our love. We didn't just write a check and we didn't just get our people, our friends to give money. We actually put our lives on the line, our bodies on the line. We put ourselves in discomfort because we love you. Because God loves you. Jesus has laid his life down for us. We want to lay our lives down for you. And it was just the most wonderful thing of having all these people crowding around my little scrapbook of love runners with just open mouths, wide eyes unbelieving expressions you love us that's what the church is all about that's why we do love running it's not about the running it's all about the love the love of Christ motivates us and so we want to work and love and serve and give with actions and in truth what we're going to do is we're going to pray and then we're going to end with worship and as Dave said we would love to pray for any and every need that we have here this morning Whatever you are feeling, whatever you're facing, whatever you need, physical, emotional, spiritual. But before I pray, I'd like us, unashamedly, just to take our phones out. Uh, We've got the little QR code. If you don't like QR codes, we've got the website, loverunning.info. If you don't like websites, take the flyer home with you. But take your phone out now and just register your interest. You can always take your phone out and fake it, just do some Candy Crush. But I just want to give a little bit of time. I'm conscious that this could seem like a hard sell, and that's not my heart. But I do want us to take a bit of time to make a step when we are open to it, to not close that down, as life tends to do. But just to say, okay, I'm not making any commitments, but I do want to know more. So just a couple of minutes, then I'm going to pray, and then I'll hand over to uh, the team and the band. Okay, you can continue doing that. I'm just going to pray. Lord God, I thank you for the privilege that you give us to be your loving hands and feet to a world in need. Father, I pray that you would lead us into action. Lord, let us not just be people that talk a good talk, but that we are people who literally give ourselves to those most needy. And I want to pray, dear Father, that what we embark on together and and with the other churches around the, the city and the Woodlands Church family, I want to pray that it would have such a powerful impact on our city and on our world. And I pray, Lord God, that you would do something in our hearts, that we would benefit from this in ways that we wouldn't have imagined possible. 
Lord, would you help us? And I want to pray as well for any and all of us who are feeling just right now, actually, I'm the needy. I'm the one in pain. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you put your arms around us? Would you comfort us? Would you heal us? Would you reveal yourself to us? And would you fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might be whole? In Jesus' name I pray.